Welcome back to Energy Voice Out Loud, where we are leading the global energy conversation, again from the show floor of Offshore Europe. Uh, I'm joined by Wood McKenzie's uh, Gail Anderson and Barry Evans, uh, CCS and Upstream uh, Wood McKenzie. Uh, we are here to talk about, first of all, your reflections on the show. Uh, you've been around, I think, both two days, one day for you. You know, what have you seen so far and what's been the highlights? I think, first of all, it's really, really busy. I mean, it's kind of apparent that it's just buoyant, particularly yeah. today. Um, you know, it's just like so many um, businesses are here, obviously. And as well, it's fascinating to see, you know, not just upstream, you know, which I cover, but also CCS, um, renewables, hydrogen, you know. So I think the fact that this is coming together you know, and obviously the energy transition sort of, uh, we, we're, we're kind of quite impressed by, by what we've seen and, and heard. There's a lot of, uh, I think, enthusiasm. Barry, I don't know. If, yeah, I yeah. do. I completely agree, Gail. And, and actually one thing that's struck me, I would say, Andrew, is that, you know, just the sheer range of international companies that are here yeah. uh, this time around. You know, there's folks here from within Europe, but also from, from China, from the Americas and so on. And I think that reflects the, you know, the international style of our industry, but also the international interest in the North Sea. So you mentioned there uh, kind of buoyancy, a bit of energy about it. Is that reflected in the, the upstream space in the North Sea as we see it at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a good question. I mean, clearly here there seems to be quite a lot of optimism. There's a lot of companies that are looking to, to invest. But also what we're hearing you know, this week is that companies need some predictability in terms of the business environment. And obviously the UK is kind of um, rightly seen as quite a sort of um, unpredictable sort of uh, fiscal regime, for instance, with all the changes that have happened over the last uh, 18 months or so, and then with an election coming up next year. So um, I think there's a bit of concern from industry, you know, that they kind of want to make investment decisions, they're kind of keen to do it, but, you know, you don't know what's coming down the road. So I think there's a bit of a kind of concern there about the you know, the, um, you know the, the fiscal terms and the business environment. And so investors are really looking for stability. That's what they crave above all else. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think we heard it this morning, uh, the Reistad briefing, that there is a lot of FIDs on the table. Yeah. But at the same time, we're hearing, you know, people are a little bit hesitant, especially because of the election, things like that, that tomorrow, uh, next year could be a little bit of a quiet year. You know, is yeah. that something that you see? It's certainly something that, that will be on investors' minds, because if you're going to sanction, you know, billions of pounds of, of, of projects, you know, CapEx, then you need to kind of know is, is the economics going to be you know good is it going to work out and at this point in time you just don't know like um, whoever governs the country um, at the end of next year that will have a bearing on 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 the sort of uh, the, the upstream industry in the uk so it's a really big call right now for companies to sort of sanction projects so it's, it's quite tough at the moment yeah speaking of sanctioning big <laughs> <laughs> big projects. We haven't heard anything about Rosebank so far this week, which I think was a, a possibility. You know, we're, it's it's still kind of in this uncertain zone. I wondered where you, where you see it, how, how yeah, you kind of see that Yeah, I mean, I think out. obviously um, offshore Europe has typically been the place where big announcements Absolutely. have been made. Um, and also we had the 33rd round possibility of, of that, that being announced and Rosebank FID, another possible announcement, but it's... Um, Obviously, we're not at the end of the week yet, but no, there's nothing so far. I mean, I guess we expect it to go ahead at some point, you know, soon. Um, but coming back to that earlier point about, you know, the fiscal uncertainty, that, that must weigh, weigh, weigh heavily on, on the investors there. You know, it's a big call to make, to make that decision. Yeah, it feels like a lot of moving parts also from the political space too, so, yeah. Um, so the other thing I know that a lot of sessions on and a lot of people are talking technology-wise is electrification, uh, big push. Uh, as well from the NSTA, their emissions report kind of outlining the, the work that's still to do to get us to 2030. How, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, I went to a very interesting presentation they did yesterday, so it was good to kind of keep up to date with that and how they see things. I mean, we, 
we at Widmark think that you know the, the, the UKCS operators are, and companies are, are doing a pretty good job at the moment. They've made some good progress, but maybe there's been some low-hanging fruit there that's going to get into the harder to abate emissions, um, and that's where electrification can come in. Um, but you know, not not all parts of the North Sea will be suitable for electrification because you've got looming sort of end of life for, for many of the fields, particularly in the central North Sea, for example. So if we are going to see electrification, the west of Shetland would appear to be the, the place for it to happen. I was about to, to push you a, bit, a little bit on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that seems to be the, the hotbed, or at least where like the, the low-hanging fruit for that sector well, seems to be, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think we mustn't underestimate the, the cost of doing it because it's, you know, it's a pretty hostile environment, you know, in the west of Shetland. Um, so it will be a challenge, economically it will be a challenge, but also companies have to have a social license to operate. And so, you know, reducing emissions uh, intensity is an absolute must, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, companies are doing studies, obviously they need to do the analysis and figure out if they can get this to work. But it looks as if um, electrification from Shetland is the option that's being uh, looked at uh, from an onshore wind farm. So. We'll keep an eye on that, but yeah, obviously it will be quite costly, and that that's going to we'll have to evaluate the the sort of um, the impacts of that. But encouraging to see that sessions are happening, and you know people are talking about it. Absolutely, now. and I, I would say obviously one of the the big changes in the industry over the last few years is just how important emissions has come as an industry metric. You know, like it's as important as economics or production reserves. You know, you, you know, it's 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 well established part of the industry now. So there's no getting away with it. And also with the transition deal, companies have to decarbonize. You know, that's, yeah. There's, that's there's a the regulatory, and then there's also just a kind of financial model, right? It's going into company reports. It's yeah. becoming part of their standard. Absolutely, metrics, it's the right? same for governments, regulators, upstream companies, investors, lenders. You know, emissions and decarbonization is is just part of the industry now. So moving specifically to that, Barry, that this is your area of expertise. So we had. We've just had the CCS licensing round kind of results trickling out since yeah. the beginning of the summer. I mean, what's your assessment? A success? Uh, Andrew, yeah, it'll be certainly a success from, from our point of view. And, you know, big, big appetite from, from companies to come in and, and bid for, for licensing rounds um, on CO2 storage. Com pretty competitive, you know. We've seen new entrants coming into the North Sea for the first time to to try and store carbon here. We've seen companies really playing on their existing oil and gas positions to build that and then kind of, as Gail just talked about, you know, you know, make the most of their of their existing experience and, and elongate their presence in the North Sea. And then we've got some of those licenses that are actually just, they're kind of getting ahead of themselves already and they're looking to extend on the projects that, you know, we hope are about to take FID in the next kind of year, year or two. So there's lots of activity in that CCS licensing round. And one of the things that we do at Woodmac is we kind of look at this all across the world. And um, when we go out and we speak to companies about this, a lot of eyes are on what's happening here in, in the UK part of the North Sea. And so um, I think this is kind of this model here, we'll see it happen in other places in the world for sure. And is that kind of regulation and you know the, the licensing and the investment frameworks or is it all of the what, above. what is it people want to um, replicate? I think folks are looking at the UK North Sea as the test bed of their CO two storage businesses. Um, and they can do that because there's loads of potential here in terms of surface storage capacity. There's really good regulatory frameworks. It's all relative, but you know, in, in international standards, the regulatory frameworks here are pretty good. And the policy is supportive. 
and a lot of these companies have got legacy positions and you know already big kind of workforces and, and infrastructure here. So it's the kind of perfect place to, to launch a CCS business. It sounds like it will keep you busy. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll push you a little bit. One thing that yeah. uh, you, you mentioned at the beginning of the week was that there are still some kind of challenges. So I wondered, you know, could you maybe articulate what the, the hurdles or maybe what you'd like to see people speaking about a little bit more at the event? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I, I think fair to say I've probably painted quite a rosy picture there. But, um, <laughs> Of course, I mean, this is the genesis of a new industry. So there are always going to be hurdles to overcome. There's going to be stuff that we just have to work out. Um, I think what we see right now is where the most work is needed is putting the, the good policy into action. So actually that's about the government kind of releasing the funds that companies are desperate to access to help them launch those projects. Um, and then it's over to the industry to actually execute those projects, you know, on time, on budget, and this is kind of first of a kind territory. So th that's where the challenge lies. Um, I think what we need to see a little bit more of is kind of policymakers and industry properly listening to each other. Like what's the kind of, you know, industry are desperate to kind of get ahead with some of these projects, but they also need to understand the policy challenges and vice versa. Um, I mean, our ticket would Mac is they will happen. Maybe we won't meet the 2030 target, but as long as we're making progress towards that target, I think you know it's it's still a pretty positive um, outlook. And you don't see any of the kind of clouds maybe that are sitting over the upstream sector, particularly around that that fiscal framework, moving over into CCS. Or, or are are people very committed to that transition? There's piece? a there's an overlap, or at least there should be an overlap. You know, I think that's one of the things that we see is is a potential um, evolution of the fiscal framework is that right now they are fairly separate. But in many ways, it makes sense for them for them to bleed over because many of the operators and the players are the same. Many of the investment profiles of the projects are similar to. So, you know, I don't know, Gail, your well, take on yeah, that. I mean, obviously, there's a UK fiscal review ongoing at the moment. Yeah. Um, but we, we at Woodmac have kind of argued for some time that a more holistic approach to kind of the fiscal terms and the fiscal framework would be would be called for, given that you know we've got so many industries now overlapping. Um, really just to give that energy transition a really good push, you know, and that's what, what, what companies are, are, are needing. So I think that would be good. Obviously, that would be quite a radical change, but, um, you know, I think there can never be a better time for that. You know, yeah. when you look at the pace of the energy transition, things will happen quickly. So you need to get on the front foot and make sure that the fiscal framework is, is fit for purpose. Well, it's the radical change that we need, I think. I think so. I mean, obviously, it's it's difficult to, to make radical changes, of but course. you know, I think obviously there's a great sort of desire. I think from many of the companies here to, to get get projects going. And like Barry said, you know, maybe there are some blockers at the moment. You need to kind of um, you know allow companies that opportunity to, to progress projects faster. Um, and yeah, like I said, with the fiscal review, it'd be lovely if, if maybe some more radical changes were considered. We'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, these are the kind of blue sky ideas and thinking that I think the, the industry would benefit from because it's, you know, it's, it's such a, you know, the, 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 the energy transition is, is just such a massive thing and the pace of change will be quick. So we need to kind of get, get ahead of that. If not here, where? <laughs> if, if not today in offshore Europe and well, the place know, to discuss it, then you know, where, where can we? I mean, offshore Europe, I think this is the first one in four years in person. So, you know, as Fari said, you know, the mix of companies here from all over the world and different technologies. I, I, just, I think that it's pretty obvious that, you know, this is the time to do it now. You know, I think so. There's a lot to be optimistic about. Thanks both for, for joining me. Pleasure. And uh, thanks to you for listening and for watching. Uh, stay tuned for more updates from the show floor very soon, coming from Energy Voice Outlive.
Out Loud is the podcast from Energy Voice, leading the global energy conversation. Bookmark and subscribe to energyvoice.com, sign up to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for expert analysis and insight right across the energy sector. Subscribe to Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do encourage colleagues and friends to listen to Out Loud too. If you've enjoyed it, leaving a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts, helps others discover it too. Thank you.